This episode of Dead Merit is brought to you by Lagunita Supercluster IPA, a citrus hop. No, not really. <laughs> but if you want to sponsor us, we will entertain your offer. We're taking applications. So this is Dead and Married, and I'm Travis. I'm Ashley. Hey. And? Today we're talking about April Fool's Day, but I just wanted to say before we get into this, you're a meanie McMeanerton. Always. Yeah. So I think that you took this movie way too seriously. No, not really. Yeah, you did a little bit. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay, so. You're wrong. <clears throat> let me paint a picture for you guys here. You're a terrible painter. So right about... <laughs> Right before we're going to record, we're getting our son to kennel up our dogs so that they're not running around, jumping on the doors, jumping on us and everything as we're recording. And so Aiden is bent over. Um, <laughs> sounds like it's off to a bad start. <laughs> He's bent over locking up the dogs. <laughs> and I was in the pantry getting things ready to make dinner tonight. And as soon as I turn around and look... <laughs> the living room there's travis standing with his pants pulled up to his armpits waiting for aiden to turn around <laughs> so, aiden turns around and because he's a teenager doesn't even fucking notice i had to point it out to him and then aiden was like i'm so out of here so that's like that time we were telling him what was it to pick up his shoes do you remember that? No. We're like, Aiden, pick up your shoes. Where? They're right there. Aiden, pick up your shoes. Where? Right there. And I shit you not, he looked at the ceiling. <laughs> like that. They were flying around in here somewhere just a minute ago. I remember you telling us about that when we were looking for the remote ones. Yeah. <laughs> you start trying to like, you're basically surveying the room just to kind of, you know, look where something's at. And Travis is like, I don't know. It was flying around here a minute ago. Well, because it's not uncommon when you're like, it's right there in front of you. And he looks up. Like, why would you look up? <laughs> Do you think somebody's stuck the TV remote or your shoes to the ceiling? It's a teenager thing, I guess. Oh, God. And then the second one is, is uh, we are currently in the throes of allergy season here in Texas. I'm not specifically sure if it is actual stuff in the air or if it is because for whatever reason, our youngest daughter decided she had to brush out our husky right in front of me yesterday. So it could be that I am horribly allergic to dogs now and I'm just now realizing it. But I was going into the office to grab my drink so I could take some Claritin. And right as I open up the office door, <laughs> Travis is standing there. <laughs> Again, I want you to imagine this travis is standing there right behind the door with this fucking angela baker sleepaway camp ass look on his face <laughs> i got a penis ah! <laughs> it's true i did that yeah so needless to say i think uh you enjoyed this movie then and you you peed a little <laughs> i did not pee not this time usually but not this time <laughs> <laughs> yep, i got you no, I don't know that I took the movie too that seriously. It is good, though. No, and I think you record, just really enjoyed it. I do. It's a good movie. Um, <laughs> we'll just skip to the end. It's a good movie, and you should watch it. <laughs> yeah. And we're done. Um, no, I, I don't know. For, okay, for the record, this is not an April Fool's joke. No. We're doing April Fool's Day because it's going to be the 1st of April. I don't know if this comes out on the 1st or not. I don't think so. I'd have to look at the calendar, but we're doing it regardless, but... Yeah, this is not a joke. We're really doing this movie. So too bad you're crazy. I know. <laughs>
<laughs> so yeah, we're uh, today we're talking about April Fool's Day. It came out in 1986, and um, I've already forgotten who the director is. <laughs> you just said it like a few minutes ago, Walton yeah, or something. I know you're you're not very good at this game. <laughs> No, it was directed by Fred Walton. Yes, and, see, I said Walton. And written by Danilo Bark. Bach. Bach? Danilo Bach. Danilo. Sounds like Kinda he belongs like in the Dark Tower. Yeah, I was say, sounds like he belongs in the Dark Tower yeah. universe. Yeah. Anyway, so what's interesting is that neither one of those people have a huge body of work. Mm-hmm. Fred Walton, I think he's only got like 12 directing credits, a couple of writing credits. Danilo has got, it's about the same. Mm-hmm. Like 10 or 11 writing credits and that's it, which kind of sucks because this was a good movie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but one thing that Bach did do, he wrote Beverly Hills Cop 1, 2, and 3. What? I fucking hear fire trucks in the background. <sighs> are you off your meds? That's life in the Metroplex, I guess. We're not in the Metroplex. We are right by the Metroplex. We are right 30 miles from the Metroplex. <laughs> That's still close when you consider that there's not, there's no empty space between us serious? and Fort Worth. Those fire trucks are loud, yo. <laughs> so this is another one that was filmed in Canada. So it just occurred to me, like, we've shown Canada a lot of love in this series. Well, hey, they're showing us some love, too, because they're listening to our show. Yeah, that's cool. So the thing about this one is that this is not necessarily an all-Canadian film with Canadian cast and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but it was filmed in, I think, Vancouver. Vancouver. So one thing I am learning covering all these Canadian movies is that we need to go visit Canada. Well, since our child intends to move there, I suppose we will. Because in every movie that we've watched that was filmed in Canada, it looks like it's beautiful up there. Mm-hmm. And it also looks like it's not as hot as it is here. So that's another bonus. And the people seem great. <laughs> Think of all the movies we've watched where we're like, this one's good. This one's good. This one's good. Likeable cast. Likeable cast. Likeable cast. I don't, I don't think that we have disliked a Canadian film yet. Not yet. No. So, wow. That's pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, it is. Guess we need to do Terror Train next. Okay. Isn't that a Canadian one too? Mm, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. But yeah, know. seemed like maybe it was the way that Georgia is now. Here in the States, where everybody's going, maybe in the 80s, everybody was going to film in Canada because maybe it was cheaper. Well, they still do because wasn't Supernatural filmed in Canada yeah. a lot? Yeah, so it was. Mm-hmm. It's still a destination. I think it's just because it's beautiful up there. Yeah. So, which in this film, the the house or whatever they shot it in, damn. It yeah. Was, it was a great house. I could live there. I could too, for sure. If just for that, there's like a scene where I guess it's the, the living room that they're in and they opened up the curtains and it's just like mountains and this big lake and I'm like i don't think i'd even leave the couch yeah like there'd be no need i'm just gonna lay on the couch and take naps and <laughs> look out the window then maybe that's why they're so happy in canada maybe because they've got all that awesome stuff to look at yeah this so. is why i want to move to colorado how could you be unhappy in colorado well i could be happy there in the summer same uh, thing in canada sure. i could be happy in canada in the summer but as soon as it starts getting cold i'm out right like cold like snow as soon as it starts to snow i'm gone <laughs> Because I have been, I've been a Texas boy my whole life. And when it gets below about 40 degrees, (laughs) it's the end of the world. (laughs) Yeah. This is it. We're all going to (laughs) die. I'm coming, Elizabeth. (laughs) We're done. I think it 
it comes up every year too that as soon as our our uh, roads ice over, we're like, I don't understand why nobody takes this shit seriously. Like nobody's like trying to get rid of the ice or salt the salt or sand the roads. Like what's going on? Everybody else up north can do that, and I'm thinking everybody up north is laughing at us. So talking to some people at work that have worked up there, came from there, it's not the same. So they get snow, which snow is ice, but in little flake form. <laughs> Down here, we just get ice. Mm-hmm. And apparently it's a lot easier to drive when it's just snow mm-hmm. than it is when somebody fucking glazed the roads. So, right. You know. <laughs> That's we way, got way off, off topic. topic. <laughs> so let's talk about this movie then. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. This is your obligatory spoiler warning. At Dead and Married, we talk about major plot points that might ruin films for the casual viewer. If you don't mind spoilers, join us now. Alright, so that pretty much does it for the small talk part. <laughs> we got way off track. Though. Yeah, we sure did. So, I guess sort of the the plot synopsis here is that you've got a group of friends that are traveling to and they're all except for maybe a couple of them these are wealthy kids mm-hmm. or they come from wealthy families mm-hmm. and i think they're all college graduates or about to be college graduates yeah and uh they are going to another friend's house muffy mm-hmm. who lives on this island in this massive mansion in beautiful vancouver canada well they didn't say if it was in canada in the in the movie no no i think in the movie it's supposed to be somewhere in maine mm-hmm. but either way and hijinks ensue after they get there pretty much so that's that's about it so since i fucked up leprechaun 4 (laughs) you should go first (laughs) okay go back to formula (laughs) back to formula just go (laughs) just go with what what do you want me to start with what are we talking about first okay well what what did you like about the movie you're the one that came up with this formula how do you not know what comes first this was your idea this is true this is true this is true what's not to like about this movie is the better question i think so this was a movie i hadn't seen for oh gosh probably a couple of decades at least um i'd watched it when i was a teenager and i don't know maybe it's because i was a teenager that i didn't really get what was going on I guess and then I rewatched it oh I don't know how long it's been ago a few years or maybe and again kind of same thing was just like eh, or whatever but for some reason you and I we decided that we should cover it for the show and we watched it and I laughed my ass off start to finish and at the end I was like this movie's fucking brilliant like I don't know how this movie doesn't have a better cult following than it does I don't, I don't remember where I read it so I can't cite my source but apparently it had such little gore in it that they played it on late night tv Mm -hmm. back in the day and it did get some of a cult following but i think its initial release a lot of people were disappointed with the ending right they felt like they got ripped off which we're not going to give away the ending yet Mm -hmm. but i did not feel cheated i didn't either like i said i i think i just i don't i'm not entirely sure i really got the humor at the time but now i was just yeah i don't know so there 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 was so much to like once again like we just brought up i liked all the characters with maybe the exception of there just being a couple of weaklings in there being harv and nan maybe yeah but they weren't explicitly unlikable yeah, exactly. Um, but yes, they were all likable as a group. They were funny. Even Biff. Yeah, even Biff. Um, or so, Arch, as he's. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, this movie stars Tom Wilson. Now, he's not necessarily the lead character or anything, but Tom Wilson played Biff, uh, Biff Tanner. 
specifically and all of his ancestors and mm-hmm. everything in the Back to the Future movies. Which I have not seen. You're you're bad person. <laughs> yeah. Don't at me, guys. I know you're, you're a lot of you're sitting there clutching your pearls like, oh my God, she's always claiming to be a nerd. She's such a nerd. Like, what the fuck? Has she never seen Back to the Future? It's not because it, it, it's purely a lack of want to. That's like when you told me that you'd never seen Ghostbusters before. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to throw a drink in your face. <laughs> Yeah, I like just... Like I needed a little martini glass. I can understand why it's as popular as it is. I'm just not the biggest Michael J. Fox fan, and I guess maybe that's always been the turnoff. I mean, the ex- the extent of my Michael J. Fox knowledge is Homeward Bound. <laughs> hey, that's still a good movie. It is a good movie. But at any rate, Tom Wilson plays Biff Tan- Tanner or Tannen, Tannen in all of those movies, and he's such an asshole. Mm-hmm. That is- much I do know. He's completely unlikable in all three movies. He's really good in this movie. I love him in this movie so much. And I I kept looking at him and I'm like, I know that guy from somewhere. Uh-huh. And then you pointed it out. Like, oh yeah, he plays Biff in this series of movies that I've never ever seen before. <laughs> hey, just because I've never watched them doesn't mean that pop culture hasn't told me about literally everything yeah. about that movie. Yeah. Well, it's told you a whole bunch about it. But what I didn't realize is how prolific he's been that Mm -hmm. dude's got like 124 acting credits jesus he's been in a ton of shit and a lot of it's uh like voice acting Mm -hmm. cartoons video games that sort of thing he's done a lot of tv work but the guy has stayed busy yeah that's good i like i always like to hear that and and the only reason i really bring him up is because he's the only one i recognized that's mm-hmm. the other thing. It's a lot like My Bloody Valentine, mm-hmm. the original. It didn't have a lot of famous actors in it. Really never saw him in anything after that. But damn it, they did a good job. Well, I think it's very sad that he's the only person you recognized in that movie. Yeah, I don't know who these other people are. Because also in this film, and also not a lead, but still, um, is Amy Steele, who is one of my favorite final girls of all time, uh, because she played the lead in Friday the 13th Part 2 named Jenny, who outsmarted Jason by putting on his mom's sweater and yeah she's fucking great she's wonderful but then only because we recently covered it we also have the character of rob and he's the uh Kevin Bacon knockoff that was in Leprechaun. <laughs> oh, we've come full circle then. Yeah. yeah, he's one of the three guys that paint. I don't, <laughs> I still don't understand the Kevin Bacon thing. I don't either. We heard somebody else say that. We actually we heard, heard a couple of people say that and we were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and allegedly we were pretty close to getting another sort of famous person in this movie. Uh-huh. Allegedly, Linnea Quigley was originally scheduled or cast to play Muffy, sort of the, the lead or whatever. I don't know that that would have been a good fit. Well. Besides, Muffy never got naked in the entirety of the movie. What is it that you say? <laughs> don't at me, bro. I'm, I'm just not a huge fan of hers. Like, despite the fact that she takes her clothes off in everything <laughs> she's in all the time. And I suspect that that's the reason that a lot of guys are fans of hers. Yes. I'm just not. Yeah. I, I just, like... Like, it's nothing personal. I don't know. I, I kind of like her I've character in Return her... of the Living Dead because it's, even though I don't go the exact route that she does, like in terms of dressing or the way I dress, certainly I've never danced naked in a cemetery, but you know, that whole obsession with death and all that stuff, that's totally me. So <laughs> I can't say I've never liked any of her characters, but there's yeah like you said there's definitely a reason that guys are such a big fan of her yeah like i can't watch a single review where her name doesn't get brought up and i'm like we get it (laughs) 
Yeah. And, and so since we're we're talking about Linnea Quigley, there's actually no nudity in this movie. I know, right? I think you got like the hint of a nipple once whenever um, Nikki, uh, Nikki's character got water sprayed on her from a faucet. Right. And I think that was about the extent yeah, of get, any nudity. You get kind of a, a wet t-shirt. Yeah. Kind of thing. And that, that's it. There. Yeah. Which funny thing about her, and I know I mentioned it to you, uh, she was played by Deborah Goodrich. And there's certain, don't jack with your microphone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like it was too close to my face. No, it was fine. It was fine. Excuse it's us. We're having okay. some technical difficulty. You're having technical difficulty. <laughs> anyway. You are a technical difficulty. So, so stay on topic. Nikki is played by Deborah Goodrich. And I didn't notice it the first time we watched it. And this is just a random observation. But there's certain angles that they catch her at in this movie. And I'm like, holy shit. She looks like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Sorry, I can't remember that actress's name. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Come yeah, that on, one. get with it. Why can't you ever remember actors' names? Why can't I remember Donald Loomis? <laughs> Donald Loomis. Donald Glover. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy. Or anybody else's <laughs> name. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> the cast was strong in this one, I thought. Yeah, even they were was, great. They really were. Even those people that you'd never really seen before. So, and these are the thing is, is when you find out that for all intents and purposes, purposes, purposes. Good job. <laughs> hey, uh, so at some point, we're gonna have to add the blooper track back. But for all intents and purposes, these are kind of supposed to be what were considered yuppie characters. I would guess at least a few of them are. Um, yeah, I think they were supposed to be kind of your like stereotypical affluent rich kids. Yeah, you know. With their collars turned up and yeah. all that. But. but they didn't act like it. You know what I mean? There wasn't really any Patrick Batemans in the bunch. They were no, just... No, they just they acted like normal yeah. teenagers. Like we would have done, you know? I mean, yeah. there there's like actually specific jokes and things that they do in there where I'm like, that's pretty much how we act. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I thought it was great. They all had really good chemistry and they had a great camaraderie. Like, it, it when you have chemistry like that, it makes the overall film experience more enjoyable to me as opposed to people that look like they're just there to collect a check. Yeah. One of the things that it does for me is when you get a when you get a strong cast like that is that every time there's a kill, you're like, oh no, not yeah. that one. Damn it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, know. because uh, again, like my bloody Valentine, we're kind of we kinda have like a smaller cast. Oh not Hollis. <laughs> Yeah, we have a smaller cast, so we do get to know each individual person a little bit. They give them something to do. We know a little bit of their backstory. We we know what their personalities are. So if it, it makes the stakes feel a little bit higher, for sure. Like I I had like two favorite characters in this movie. Name one. Who's Chaz. Mine too. And Arch. Chaz is my oh almost forgot about Arch. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say that those two guys are tied for first. Yeah, they were fucking hilarious. And I and for me, especially Chaz, he made the damn movie. He, he did. <laughs> and he lasted a lot longer than I thought he would. He did, yeah. Usually the, you know, the... The goofy kind of funny jokey guy. They uh-huh. they die towards the beginning. And he had great hair. He had a great head of hair. Like he, he had that whole Timothy Oliphant thing happening. <laughs> he was definitely doing the the eighties flock of seagulls thing. <laughs> but it was great hair. But he looked really cool. He had so, a cool look about him. So other than the cast, what else did you like? Um, I like that they tried something different. 
Like I said, or like you pointed out, this film is known to be controversial simply because of the ending, but that doesn't bother me at all. I appreciate that they tried to do something different when at this point all slashers were the same. So I appreciate that they were like, let's try to stand out a little bit and do this thing. I mean, even if at the end of the day, it's a little gimmicky, let's try to do this thing that's going to make us stand apart from every everybody else. You know what I mean? I would say they were successful. Yeah. But it did piss some people off. Yeah. I don't care if they were pissed off. I still like the movie. Yeah. If you watch the documentary called Going to Pieces, The Rise and Fall of the Slasher Film, I, they, do, they did interview the director and I felt bad for him at one point because people were saying that this movie effectively took part in the downfall of the slashers. And I just think that's bullshit. And the poor director, he was like, well, if people want to blame me, like, okay, I guess, I guess they can. And I'm like, no, I think no. it was, it had to do everything with the genre fatigue. Yeah. I, I think that slashers killed themselves mm-hmm. because you had, what, a chainsaw? I know they, they credit Hitchcock for starting it, mm-hmm. sort of, but there was a lot of years between Psycho and, and what came next. So, well, um, I think they're talking about chainsaw, just the golden age of slashers that was like well, 1980 from like 1980. Well, that's what I'm talking about. So like you had what chainsaw that was in 78, 79, something like that. Yes. No, 74, 74. Maybe? It was earlier. Yeah. Halloween came out. Yeah. 79. Halloween 78, 78. You've never let me review that one. So I don't know these facts, <laughs> but after that, everything just tried to copy it mm-hmm. and the market got so saturated that the slasher genre just worked itself to death until yeah. people just were tired of it. Yeah. And then they came back with, and, and it became a joke and they made scream. Well, no, I mean that, that particular one. Yes. But then in 1984, then they came out with nightmare on Elm street, which effectively revitalized that until same thing you had Freddie kind of driven into the ground where right. he did become a joke. And well, that's what I mean. In the eighties, the slashers, it, it killed itself. Yeah, it just kind of genre. laid dormant and it throughout did it the 90s. Purely through market saturation and exploitation. Mm-hmm. They they took they took Mustafa Akkad's formula and ran it into the ground. Yeah. Until people were like, put it up, we've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> just... Are we talking about Linnea Quigley again? No. <laughs> put it up, we've seen it. <laughs> yeah, put it up. But no, I think it's really unfair to blame one person for the yeah, death of the slashers. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you want to... There's a lot of really bad slasher movies out there. Oh a lot. my God, yes. If you want to pick somebody to blame, you should pick one of those people. Not this guy. Not what Fred... Yeah. What's his name is? Don't blame Fred. Fuck it. <laughs> I can't remember his last Walton. name. Walton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't blame Fred Walton. It's not his fault. Like... So... I, I actually kind of wished he'd uh, kept going because this movie, yeah, like I said, was really great. I mean, obviously, it's not one of the greats. I mean, there's a reason that this film's not talked about more, I suppose. But it's one of those that I would consider to be a hidden gem where you're like, oh, I don't want to watch Slaughter High. I don't want to watch House on Sorority Row. Ugh. Like, you got 10,000 of these slasher films. But combing through that $5 bin at Walmart, you come across one that you're like, okay, I'll give it a try. And then you watch it. And they're like, where's this been my whole life? You know? And I love finding those films. I think that to a point, a lot of movies like this one, I think that uh, Prom Night is another one that mm-hmm. doesn't get necessarily the credit that it deserves. It was a better movie than maybe people think it is. It's just not, it's not given the same status as some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. My Bloody Valentine, the original one. Right. We talked about just, that. It's great. People just don't give those movies the credit they deserve. And I blame the extremist fanboy eco-terrorists. Oh, do elaborate. (laughs) Well, 
because you've got those toxic fans out there that latch on to whatever one movie it is that they like. It's usually mm-hmm. Halloween or maybe Friday the 13th. Texas and, Chainsaw uh, Massacre, Texas Chainsaw mostly. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And they say, well, this is the ultimate movie and this is the one I love and don't ever touch it because you're going to fuck it up if you touch it. They never acknowledge that those movies, well, except for Halloween, do have some issues. Mm-hmm. Right? And then they just shit on everything that's not that. Right. You know, and I don't, I don't know. We started, we actually had this discussion in, in private, uh, then several weeks ago. And I was like, you know, we could almost do an entire episode of Pillow Talk on toxic fandom. Yeah. Just because like, as we speak right at this moment, the big hot button issue is elevated horror and people are like getting scary over that shit on social yeah. media and it just blows my mind, like completely blows my mind. Well, I think the one that, the, the two examples that come to mind immediately are, well, three, I guess. The new Candyman. Mm -hmm. People got all hot and bothered about that. Mm -hmm. Halloween Kills. Mm -hmm. And then the most recent Chainsaw. Right. That came out. Mm-hmm. You, you're you not a producer on that movie. You didn't front hundreds of thousand dollars to make that film. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> yeah. It just blows my mind. Even the words elevated horror are triggering people. And I'm like, okay, so are we also not allowed to say slasher or found footage or body horror? Like, goddamn, we just got another subgenre. Calm your tits. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? It's not trying to say that you as the viewer are any less smart than the person who watches slashers. They're just saying they're the the cerebral films tend to make you think a little more has nothing to do with you as an as an audience member. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know a lot about elevated horror. I guess I'm maybe below the average intelligence level of your Oh, see, there you go. Well, you know, (laughs) apparently if I don't care for them, then I'm clearly a Neanderthal. But I don't necessarily find elevated horror all that entertaining it doesn't take them it doesn't make them bad movies it's just not not my thing mm-hmm. you know some people like dramas i i don't care for dramas it's just not my thing i That's don't all like it chick is. flicks but yeah doesn't make them bad but the issue i have with those guys and girls mm-hmm. is that they latch onto their one thing they climb all the way up on their little soapbox and then shit on it for everybody else it's like a damn it's like birds on a power line they just shit on everything <laughs> under them <laughs> I don't know. Okay, we've strayed away <laughs> again from the main topic. So please continue to talk about I, the things well, that you enjoy in this movie. It was in a roundabout kind of way still related to the film but it was you know that there are great films out there but people tend to i i know people personally that don't like slashers at all and that's fine it's great but there it seems like even if it's a sub even if it's a subgenre you don't necessarily like you can almost find at least one or two films in there that are still really great and slashers it's a big vast subgenre to come through because there's hundreds of slashers and I think I've I've picked through a pretty fair majority of them and there's only maybe a couple of handfuls of ones that are actually legitimately good yeah I was gonna say I've cruised through the uh what Shudder has to offer and there's a lot of them in there that are questionable (laughs) yeah I I don't know if I want to watch that yeah so this one this one was a pleasant surprise and then as far as other things that I enjoyed uh practical effects were actually pretty good in this one are they the best no but they're decent. You're okay. looking at me like... <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to think about how to answer that. I think that the practical effects 
were good, but the quality of the practical effects make more sense after you know how it ends. Right, exactly. Does mm-hmm. that make, which we'll, we'll get to that eventually, but yeah, I wasn't disappointed yeah. with the practical effects. Mm-mm. There were a couple of moments in there where I was like, oh, it's kind of cool, yeah. You know, probably should have got Tom Savini to do that. But then you get to the end of the movie and you're like, okay, now, now I understand. Yeah. So continue. (laughs) I thought, again, and I kind of already have said this, but I thought the story was pretty good. Um, You basically got Muffy, who's about to inherited, inherited. God damn it. Why can't I talk today? You have Muffy who has, fuck. So I'm losing my shit here. So you know what my favorite part of you coming apart on on air like this <laughs> is seeing gory bits pick you apart on twitter after the fact i know gory bits is gonna like right come at me <laughs> he's joking like, yeah i know it's it's all fun we love it so much we we gotta point that out uh <laughs> i think it's hilarious yeah it also means they're listening somebody's paying attention yeah and we love it we are absolutely here for it so what i was gonna say before you like completely roasted me was that we get i guess muffy's our main character would you say that i mean because it's it's her it's it starts tough. with her it's her story kind of she she's kind of the central character in this but much like she's what sets up the plot yeah but much like bloody valentine you've got what axel and tom mm-hmm. that are supposed to be kind of central to it and you spend time with them but you spend almost equal time with everyone else so mm-hmm. yeah she but, may be the main yeah so character she, but she's what moves the plot along because she's the one who inherits this house in order to hang on to this house though she has to show that she's able to pay the taxes and basically show that she's responsible enough to have this house right and so she invites her friends over for a april fool's day weekend extravaganza type of a thing and so part of what makes this movie so great and what made us enjoy it as much as we did was she has this house rigged for with pranks throughout and some of those pranks are the typical ones you'd expect like the whoopee cushion and stuff I like want that one of those chairs <laughs> but, where the back legs fold yeah. out you gotta have one but, she also puts like the most random shit in her friend's bedrooms like there's there's a so so hang on hang on if 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 you say it, you're going to give away the ending. You didn't even know what I was going to say. All right, go for it. But you're going to ruin it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I was going to say that like one drawer has like bonded shit in it. And then uh, another guy goes to his room and there's like a heroin, full on heroin starter pack in there. <laughs> and yeah, then... It's got a spoon and some surgical tubing <laughs> and a syringe. Yeah. And there's then... a drawer full of newspaper clippings with like fatalities and car wrecks. Yeah. There's uh, light switches that are rigged to fuck up. Um exploding cigars like there's just so much shit in there and then there's like one really questionable slash controversial prank in there too um that kind of sets the tone for nan's character which is what i said was i felt was kind of the weak link of the bunch because she she kind of walks around like a sourpuss for almost the entirety of the movie. But you find out that, I don't know if it's necessarily a blackmail situation or how that works, but basically at some point Nan had an abortion and Muffy has effectively kind of like acted like she's going to out her or something like that. And so you get a little bit of drama there, nothing crazy or whatever. But I that was the only thing that I felt like was weird and didn't fit with the rest of it. Yeah, a lot of the... A lot of the the other pranks, which, to be fair, the exploding cigar, the chair, the lights, 
the doorknob that comes off. Those are all really lighthearted. Mm-hmm. The other the stuff, like knobs. the bondage gear and the drugs in the medicine cabinet, the the newspaper clippings, those are not funny. Right. In the movie. When those come on screen, I don't. I'd never seen the movie before, and. That's one of the things that I liked. I felt like a lot of this stuff was kind of original. I feel like the, the actress that played Muffy pulled it off pretty well. <laughs> because in the, even in the beginning, you're like, eh, she's super nice, but a little There's strange. There's something a little off-center about her. Yeah, she's a little strange. But she also, like when you first meet her, she also comes across as really bubbly and fun. And, and very well-dressed. Yeah. And then like, what, the next day? Well, I think <laughs> she kind of like disappeared for a little while because they were looking for her and they were like, is anybody seen Muffy and then when she finally shows up she's dressed completely different Uh her hair is a mess mess. and she's just kind of acting a little stoned kooky like she's been using the heroin (laughs) but she's just like very jumpy and anxious and you know acts like she's never left the house kind of All of her mannerisms have changed. Mm -hmm. And what blew my mind is that nobody seemed to notice that. No, they didn't notice her shoes came up because, what was it, Nikki Mm -hmm. brings up, like, well, specifically the shoes. Like, she's wearing crepe soles. I don't even know what that is. I don't either. (laughs) Yeah. I was hoping. No. I'm not. But, like, the shoes become a whole topic Uh in there. And that's when they kind of realize she's acting a little weird. Yeah. But, so, to kind of backtrack a little bit so that... Because I feel like when we get to the end, we're going to have to, we have to lay some groundwork here. So they get on the ferry Mm -hmm. at the very beginning. They're all goofing around, playing. One of the guys falls in the water as a result of an April Fool's Day prank. Mm -hmm. People jump in to save him. When they get to Muffy's house, the the deckhand on the ferry gets crushed. Yeah, like his head. Between the ferry and the dock. Mm-hmm. And he comes up and he's still alive and he's got like an eyeball hanging out. And I thought the practical effects there were it was pretty good. good. Mm-hmm. But, and I thought the acting there was really good because mm-hmm. he was freaking out, flailing around. The sheriff just happens to be there. Mm-hmm. They throw him in a boat and take off. Yeah. And like, damn, they started this movie off right. Right. But and I you... actually want to talk about that fairy scene before we move on because I felt like that part executed who we were going to be with perfectly because you and I knew within maybe 10 minutes that Chaz was already going to be our favorite. Oh, yeah. Because he he does this thing where he keeps doing the high school thing of going to each guy and telling them that their fly is down. Yeah, your Twinkie's hanging out. And he goes to one guy and tells him and then he kisses him on the cheek. And then there's this scene where Nan, of course, is kind of standing off doing her pouty thing. And she's like reading a book or a magazine or something. And Chaz walks up and she, like, he wants to make conversation with her. And she does not look bothered. Like, she doesn't acknowledge him. So what does he do? He goes right up next to her ear and goes, <laughs> Yeah. That was to get her perfect. <laughs> and then he's like, I'll check out what I'm reading. I have decided I need to do that to somebody now. I might do yeah. it to you. But she's like, I don't know, she's reading a legitimate book or magazine or whatever yeah and he's like oh you should check this out he's got like a hustler magazine (laughs) it wasn't hustler i don't think i'm sure they couldn't actually use that but it was of the same quality yeah like not i think playboy is considered the classiest of the porno mags because they don't necessarily show everything yeah now this was one that shows everything Mm -hmm. but they put a black dot over (laughs) (laughs) the lady's business business her so-and-so yeah so 
<laughs> uh, that was that whole scene. He's he's funny through the whole movie. Though. Yes, he's absolutely great. So that was that was good. But as we move forward, because I feel like we should probably kind of talk through the story for it to make sense. Mm-hmm. So the guy who blames himself, and I don't remember his name. He was the the cousin. Skip. Skip mm-hmm. blames himself for the the deckhand Buck mm-hmm. uh, getting injured. It, he's drinking heavily. Goes out, and I don't remember exactly what happens, but you he gets well, got. He was he was just kind of walking around drinking, and it it looks like he finds a weed plant or something at some point. He cuts a piece off a plant. And he keeps sniffing it at it and drinking, and it looks like he's going into a dock house, yeah, or boathouse or whatever. And then it just cuts away from right. him. Um, we don't we that's the thing we don't actually really see anybody's murders in this no. film at all. And then what? So the next day, Rob. Yeah. It's Rob and Kit. They go uh, out to the boathouse after swimming. Yeah. Because they're going to get down. Yeah. They're going to smash. Yeah. And like they're getting ready. And was it he, I think who was on top? He was on top. She he was, was on, on bottom because and she turned her head and that's when she could see between the yeah. boards that Skip's body was floating by. Skip's body floating by. <laughs> you know what it made me think of? Because <laughs> you would have a shot his face was going by and then you'd cut to it again and it was starting from the beginning and then starting from the beginning it made me think of that scene in monty python and the holy grail <laughs> oh sir lancelot's charge running up the or running yeah. up the hill or the steamroller kill yeah yeah it was pretty good it was pretty good so that's next i don't remember who died after that uh i think it might have been arch yeah i think it was arch yeah it, it could have been it could have been nan those two were really fairly close together like caught in a trap yeah yeah he's outside uh, in the woods wandering around and then he steps in one of those rope traps and as he's hanging upside down you see that there's a snake and the snake snake starts snapping at him and right. then we see a pair of boots kind of walk in and, and then- kick the snake closer up under him i guess but then again you cut away yeah and then nan at some point she just kind of i don't know she's been acting really strange she has this confrontation with muffy about a tape that was given to her or something about uh with a baby crying on it and i don't know that she ever full out says anything about abortion but she's yeah she's acting very strange and for some reason she's really really focused on what muffy is doing all the time like she wants to be where she is all the time she wants to know what muffy's plans are all the time like she's up her ass right so at some point she she looks like she's going to try to follow her to see what she's doing and wanders off into the woods and then we don't see her again. Right. So at some point, the house's water goes out or something. And so we have the character of Nikki and Harve go out to a well to see if they can get it fixed. And I think what the rope was cut or something, they couldn't use it. A- well, no, the she was going to get the water. He insisted that he do it. And while he's attempting to do it, the rope breaks. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. The yeah. falls in. Mm-hmm. So she decides... She She's going to climb down in this well, mm-hmm. and this is like a like a hand-dug stone well. Yeah. And the ladder breaks, and she falls in there and finds a couple of severed heads. She finds the heads of Skip and Arch. Yeah. And then Nan's body is also floating in there. So they all died in pretty quick succe- succession. Yeah. Once people start dying off, it, it happens. It moves pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a lot of characters left. So there's Rob, Kit. Nikki does get out. Mm-hmm. eventually and uh so there's harv harv or hal harv 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 nikki and Chaz, and that's and, and muffy and that's yeah it. so i think Chaz gets it next i'm not sure i i don't know if i remember specifically what order they happen in but we do no, it's, we it's get hal, to the point no. where hal just disappears harv harv <laughs> 
Yeah, because he shows up later strung up like hogtied and hung. Yeah, we're not quite there yet. (laughs) Right. But because after the well incident, then they decide that they're all going to group together in the house and basically try to survive the night. And they they come up with the idea that Buck must be out for revenge because of his injury. When they call the constable to find out what's going on, let him know. He's like, no, I've been in the hospital with him all day, so it's not him. And so they're going, well, who could have done this? And then it's funny because they're like, we should all stay together in this one room and, you know, and and watch out for each other. And the first thing they do is split up, of course. Everybody goes off to their own rooms. and. But at this point, I think, doesn't the sheriff also say that Muffy's with him? At the hospital? I don't. Or something like that? I don't recall. This is where you start getting suspicious of Muffy because of the drastic change in in mannerism mm-hmm. and, and dress. And so they start to suspect her because she's acting really Yeah, but, but there's also these little clues that have been sprinkled out where it's like Muffy in a photo, or like two little girls in a photo that are right. twins. And then they start, they're they're not really putting it together Yeah, they at were this really point. laying it down there for like a sleepaway camp thing. Because, you know, the twins. I don't, Yeah. I don't recall if Angela and her brother were twins or not. I mean, I know they were brother and sister, but I don't know if they were twins. Yeah. But at any rate. But yeah, you kind of get these little clues being peppered throughout where it's trying to tell you there's something wrong with Muffy, but everybody's kind of just really stressed out to the point that they're not really thinking rationally to pick up on this. And then once everybody effectively separates, then we start getting more people getting picked off. Chaz ends up getting what... Looks like stabbed he gets in the his dick. dick cut off <laughs> or something. Yeah. Well, it doesn't show it. He had been goofing around with Nikki and put on the gimp mask. Yeah. And was laying there on the bed saying, come take me, basically. Yeah, well, because you know what? We we are complete and, failures because we yeah. neglected to mention the most bizarre sex scene ever committed to celluloid. I don't know how they were bending like that. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Chaz and Nikki, it, looked, it, it just looked uncomfortable. It was like watching society all over again. It was just a flesh pile. <laughs> well, I would almost need to pause that scene. There's no nudity in it. Right. So it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, I need some time alone with yeah, it's not it's really graphic. Like, You're just looking at it with the Michael Myers head tilt going, what the fuck? I would need to pause it because <laughs> one of them had their foot stuck straight up in the air and I'm not sure whose it was. <laughs> If it was hers, okay, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> if it's his, holy shit, how did he do <laughs> the that? The incredible bendy man. Yeah. Yeah, it was hilarious either way. But yeah, he's uh, they're sleeping together while they're... They're not even boyfriend and girlfriend, but I guess they just decide to hook up while they're there. Yeah, or something. Um, well, no, because Nikki and Muffy have a conversation right after they get to the house. And she's like talking about, I guess Muffy got to Arch first. But Chaz is mine. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. So, yeah. But, I think um, they are. Maybe it's an informal dating situation. Yeah, could be. But Nikki has decided she's had it with this shit. She just wants to leave. And Chaz is just kind of fucking with her and like telling her not to take it so seriously. Everything's going to be fine. And then, he, he, yeah, like you said, he puts on a get mask and he's laying in bed. And she goes to the bathroom or something and comes back and he's laying on the bed with his hands over his crotch. And then she moves his hands away. And then, yeah, you see there's big. Well, you just see a bloody spot yeah. on his boxers. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't remember what happens to her. Is she another one that just kind of disappears? As soon as she, yes. As soon as she sees that he's dead or whatever. That's right. She turns around and then you see that somebody, but again, you don't see it. It just cuts to black. So now we're down to just Muffy, Rob, and Kit. Mm -hmm. Well, you do find, yeah, you do find at some point, I guess it's uh, Nick, not Nikki. Kit that finds Harve hanging from the right. ceiling with his hands and his feet bound. So yeah, yeah. So then it's just sort of a 
a race, you've kind of got the final girl and the final guy because they find they they're trying to get out. They go to the with the boat, trying to get the boat started, mm-hmm. and find paperwork that Buffy has been in what an institution for the last three years mm-hmm. or something like that. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh my god, the two little girls. She had a twin sister, and the twin sister's crazy. Yeah. So and then they end up like in the basement of the house. Yeah. Where it shows it at the beginning of the film, where Muffy's kind of going through and getting all these props ready, and then there's the big Jack in the Box thing, which we'll touch on here in a minute. But um, they go in there, and as they're kind of, I don't know, hiding out or whatever, they then they see that there's one of those like measuring things of her and Buffy. You know, at certain heights, at different periods, and yeah, they just threw some things in there to kind of iron out the fact that there were two girls. Yeah. So well, they just provide a little evidence there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, after that, sort of the chase is on. They're in the basement and she like pops up with her like crazy hair and white <laughs> face. She was actually giving you the creeps. What she and just <laughs> stares at him through the window. She, looked, she was kind of creepy. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And then she closes the basement window and like puts a single nail <laughs> in it. How on earth am I going to get out? How in the world will I get through this glass window? Oh. Anyway, but yeah, and she kind of just is chasing them around for a while Mm -hmm. until we end up in the kitchen because they go out to the boat. They're going to go back in and get the keys and she shows up with her Angela, whatever, look through the kitchen door. (laughs) Yeah. Like all big eyes. And yeah, she was a little creepy. She did a good job. That actress did a good job. She did. She was really creepy because Aiden had come in there just for a couple of minutes and he kind of finished up the movie with us. And even he was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. And she was carrying Michael Myers' butcher knife. Yeah. It was the biggest fucking knife. (laughs) It was comically big. Yeah. And she's chasing him around, and Rob manages to get himself locked in the pantry. Like, he goes in, and the door closes behind him, and then he can't get out. Was it a pantry? It was a closet. Yeah. But I think it was a pantry. It was in the kitchen, so it's probably a pantry. Okay, yeah. I wasn't clear on where he was. And so now Buffy is chasing kit around mm-hmm. the kitchen with this giant knife and through yeah the, they end up in the dining room into the dining room and she kind of backs her against the door yeah and we were we were discussing this because i keep wanting to call her jenny because kit keeps doing the no no just stop think about what you're doing no no and we were all we were sitting there all discussing about how this would turn into like wwe if it was one of us like i'm grabbing one of those chairs and i'm fucking beating her with it <laughs> or yeah. Or the china that's on the mantle. Like, I'm take, I'm throwing some plates or I'm going to go full on Breaking Bad and break a plate and use that plate piece as a shiv. I mean, something. I'm doing she, something to defend myself. Kit is remarkably nonviolent in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> There's no survival instinct or self-preservation going on there. She's like, I'm just going to run. I think I would have grabbed a chair. Yeah. It would have, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to let just let you something. stab me. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then for for me and Travis, this is probably our favorite part of the entire movie. The big twist. I but, love this part. <laughs> this part is so great. So Buffy stabs and misses, of course, into the door. Kit opens the door, goes through into the sitting room. Parlor. Something. I guess. Yeah. And there she finds... All of her friends. Still alive. But... As you pointed out, it's still kind of weird when she walks in, like, because nobody immediately starts laughing and ha ha ha, I got you or whatever. So the thing that's weird about this is that when it shows them all, some of them are talking to each other. Mm-hmm. There's no audio mm-hmm. through this 
this little piece here. No sound at all. Mm-hmm. And I thought, she cracked. Or she's dead. Like, Kit has lost her mind. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden... Muffy looks at her and she uses the knife to show that the blade is retractable. It's a fake spring-loaded yeah. knife. And the look on Kit's face that, fuck you. <laughs> and I love her reaction. Ha ha ha. It's very funny, you guys. Fuck you. Yeah. And then everybody ensues with the cracking up and all of that. But yeah. that's not the funny part. I mean, yes, it's funny. But what's funnier than that. The best part. Is that poor Rob is still trapped in this closet. He's just screaming his head off oh. like, run, kid. Run. I love you. Yeah. And he's yeah. just like in sheer terror. And then all of a sudden Buck shows up. With his jacked up face. With his fucking eye hanging out. And Rob is just screaming and screaming and screaming. So terrified. And then Buck kisses him on the well, cheek. <laughs> Rob takes a swing at him. Yeah. And Buck just easily dodges it. So he punches the wall and then he like leans in and you're like, oh, he's really a zombie. He's fixing to tear his throat out. And then you hear. <laughs> yes. And, and Rob he, is still fucking screaming. <laughs> he's just screaming his ass off. And then Buck reaches up and peels the prosthetic eye <laughs> off and st- Sticks it on Rob's face. Whole, this whole side of his face, he peels it off and just slap onto his And then face. he... And he starts screaming even louder. Like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, Rob is so fucking slow on the uptake. He's not smart. <laughs> but then Buck hits the little magnetic release thing to let Rob out. And he's still like freaking out, <laughs> running, tripping over shit, screaming, comes running into the parlor with this prosthetic thing still like halfway on his head yeah and sees everybody april fools that oh man that was such a finale like for me the finale is is worth the price of admission so you were just supposed to talk about what you liked about the movie (laughs) we talked about the whole movie so you remember in leprechaun 4 when you explained to me that we were supposed to take turns well you went all the way to the end (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it was the twist ending and people got mad about it they got so mad the thing is like for me i had never seen it before Mm -hmm. and i was sold on it all the way up to that point even when she opens the door and sees all the people clearly alive but there's no audio i thought she's hallucinating maybe she's already dead Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh yeah because i didn't tell travis anything i didn't give anything away too yeah and then honestly and we even talked about it i thought that was a i really enjoyed that movie that was that was good Mm -hmm. i don't know what the rewatch value is going to be and then we watched it again and i still liked it Mm -hmm. we were still laughing it's still funny so i think you know i don't know what it would look like on a third pass but even even when you know the end it's still a funny movie Mm -hmm. and i've said many times as long as you can entertain me and make me chuckle a little bit i'm in yeah i'm down for a good time yeah so um, and and that that finale part you know once you find out what has happened and Muffy goes through and she explains that she's got this big elaborate setup for who done it, and the reason they weren't in on it is because she needed guinea pigs basically to see if these things were going to work. Yeah, she wants to open the house as like a bed and breakfast with a live action game of Clue, mm-hmm. where the the guests are the participants. Mm-hmm. So almost like an escape room type yeah. of thing. And but so once that's all said and done, they they party and everything, and everybody's they bust friends out the again. Welch's sparkling grape juice. <laughs> yeah, and they're playing with the severed heads, and Chaz is being really suggestive with the severed head. 
<laughs> with Muffy's yeah. severed head. Um, and then at the end of that, our proper ending is that Muffy goes back to her bedroom to go to bed and she's clearly plastered on sparkling juice. And <laughs> That's just what the bottles look <laughs> it like. It really does. And we, like I said, we brought it up a few minutes ago that there was this music box or a, sorry, Jack in the Box uh, at the beginning of the film. And it looks like it was a prank that might have been set up on her when she was a child. So maybe this is what gave her her love of pranks. So, maybe. Yeah, there's that weird flashback scene to the birthday party at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that jack-in-the-box deal, that was the only thing that in the movie that didn't really pay off. Yeah. I mean, I know you're, you're talking about the end where it kind of comes back, but still it was kind of like, yeah. If you'd have mm -hmm. left out that initial flashback, I wouldn't have, you wouldn't have lost anything. Yeah, if you guys picked up something from that, let us know. We'd love to know about that. But yeah. we just were kind of going, What? Like, it doesn't make any sense because then I guess she's a little gun shy about opening this thing up, but at the same time, she's very drunk. And so she's like, fuck it. She's going to open the thing anyway. And then out of nowhere, Nan comes up behind her, cuts her throat, and Muffy is screaming and screaming only to realize that it's a fake blade and she, and she didn't blood. actually get her throat cut. And so I always figured that was Nan like, fuck you for that abortion prank. I'm getting you back. Yeah. Yeah. The only, th I think the only thing that the, the whole Jack in the Box thing brought to it was maybe to lay the groundwork that she, her whole family kind of does. We're pranksters. Jokes. Yeah. But at any rate. So as far as what I like about it. <laughs> Please take the floor. <laughs> everything. Mine's easy. I think the effects were good. And when you find out that Buck, the guy that died first, was an effects artist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he's the one who did like the severed heads and stuff. Then it makes sense that they didn't look real. Mm -hmm. Because they weren't supposed to look real. They were just, he called them uh, redressed prop heads. Mm -hmm. So Which Muffy's head looked pretty good and creepy though. I will say it that. It did. But maybe it made the fact that they didn't look more real when the kill happened more excusable. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're watching a serious horror movie where people are really supposed to be dying and it's bad effects, then you're like, well, shit, guys, you just really screwed the pooch on that one, didn't you? Mm -hmm. But in this one, when you find out that the whole thing was fake from to begin with, mm -hmm. it didn't bother me after that. But I think the characters were great. I think it was a pretty good original story. If I say original, there may be something else floating around out there that it has the same thing and maybe it came first. I don't know. But you don't have a lot of experience with I that. don't know what it is. So as far as I'm concerned, this is an original idea. Mm -hmm. I think it was good. Um, yeah, the acting was good. I appreciate comedy in my horror movies. When it's natural comedy. Mm-hmm. When it's just people being people. When it's forced jokes and shit. And I don't really care for that. But, you know, when it's just people interacting and stuff happens to be funny, then I like that. And I didn't mind the ending. I thought the ending was pretty damn funny. So, mm -hmm. anyway. So, was there anything you didn't like or anything to nitpick on? I don't know. There wasn't really anything I didn't like. The only thing I would say, and it's not a deal breaker. It's not even really a dislike. But, again, the whole thing with the... The Jack in the Box, like the flashback and all that. You take that out, same movie. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't lose anything by taking that out. For that matter, the scene where she's cleaning the basement, you can take that out too. Mm -hmm. And you don't lose anything. It's the same movie. Mm -hmm. But maybe they just needed some of that stuff to pad the As a matter time. of fact, we kind of got her motivation right there in the basement scene. Like if she if they had left that out and then she gave us her motivation at the end, yeah. that would have made better sense. Yeah. So nothing really to dislike. I know. Again, so. this, is this is terrific. I love when you... <laughs> watch a movie and you're like that's actually really good you know what this means don't you what's that we have tremendously low standards 
I wouldn't say that necessarily, but I don't know. I mean, it, again, if you guys can think of things you didn't like about it, let us know. I'd, I'd love to know because I went in and I laughed my ass off. I didn't have any problems with the pacing. I felt it flowed really well. There wasn't anything that at any point just took me out of the movie. Yeah, that was something that I, I thought about when I was talking about the whole flashback scene. It almost feels like it was in there to pad the runtime, but it, it's not. Everything it moved it's along not really quickly. Yeah, the, I feel like I agree. The pacing was good. Because mm-hmm. once they start killing people, they just steadily clip through them. So. Mm-hmm. And said, and I loved the the group of characters. Uh, like I said, I felt like Nan and Harv were a little weak because Harv was a little bit of a weasel and you could tell he was just there to try to get a leg up with his future and was all about money or whatever. So he wasn't one of my favorites. Nan wasn't one of my favorites just because she basically walked around and moped the entire film. But um, but those were, for me, those were the only two. Yeah, but still as a whole. But they weren't. They were still a great group together. Yeah. But like I said before, even those two, they weren't weren't completely unlikable. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't so bad. That, yeah, like, we're oh, not talking about like Trent and Fry the Thirteenth remake or anything. Right. <laughs> so no, they, they were great. And I think uh, Hella's inner feelings. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. You can probably hear her husky in the background. <laughs> so <laughs> she's like, wrap it up, guys. <laughs> it's warming up, and she's molting right now. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Isabel decided she was going to try to brush her out yesterday. Oh, shit. But apparently she only worked on one side. (laughs) So it looks almost like she's going bald on one side. Like, you can't see her skin, but the hair that is, like, she's shedding in chunks. Yeah. She she looks like she has mange, guys. It's awful. Yeah. It's so sad. (laughs) Yeah. She doesn't have mange. It's just that she's only shedding in certain spots. Yeah. So it looks... She looks terrible. So... But I think she knows she looks terrible, and I think she maybe is a little embarrassed about it. (laughs) She's an emotional dog. So, yeah. That's just just a disclaimer, because we're we're sure you can hear her in the background. But uh, but anyway, um, back to it. Uh, I always love Amy Steele and stuff. Like, she's a really great final girl. I like her authority... I like that she's strong. She's always like a no bullshit kind of chick in everything I've seen her in. And I always appreciate having her and stuff. So that that was really great and welcome. And again, Travis and I just really, really digging the char- characters of Chaz and um, I almost said Biff. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. You can say Biff. <laughs> Chaz and Biff. Um, Chaz and Arch. Uh, they, again, they really made this movie for us. We were just sitting here laughing. And I, the thing is, is in real life, when you know people like this, you hate them. They get on your nerves. We now return to our regularly scheduled broadcast, The Huskies Outside. <laughs> As I was saying, these are not guys you would like in real life. You'd absolutely hate them. But they're not my problem. <laughs> they're in a movie, so they're fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think... Harver, Hal, or whatever his name was, he's he's kind of I don't know your arch type, money hungry jackass mm-hmm. sort of, but ladder climber. Yeah, he didn't bother me that much, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Overall, I'm just gonna skip to the end here. You should watch this movie. Absolutely. I, I don't know that anyone would get the same rewatch value out of it that I do, but I, I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, like, I, didn't I did too. Get bored. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel the urge to get up and go do something else or like look I at do your with phone. Most of the movies that you make me watch, like I. <laughs> I'm looking for an away to escape. 
love this movie, but that was good. It was really good. I, I have had so much fun watching this with you and seeing your reaction and then Aiden coming in and seeing his reaction. Like It makes you, it sounds stupid, but it makes you feel good about yourself when you're showing somebody a movie and they're really enjoying it. You're like, yes, yeah, yes. It was good. <laughs> so solid watch from both of us. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And spread the word on this movie after you watch it and you love it. Yeah. This is a movie Get you haven't seen before. Like Check it out. Yeah. This is one that more people should watch, I think. Yeah. I think it's one that got kind of shit on when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And so, like we were talking about earlier, since it doesn't get the press that, like, Halloween and Friday the 13th, and um, those are the only two I can think of right now. Um <laughs> It's it's kind of hidden, mm-hmm. you know. It's like on page forty seven of the Shutter movie list or whatever, so people don't ever make it that far. But yeah, I think it's a lot better than it was. Than it's been given critically credit for rated. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Absolutely. now this is the only movie we're doing this month that we're picking. Yes. So, so over the next four weeks, and I believe we brought this up in the last Pillow Talk or something, um, or maybe in one of the Leprechauns, but over the rest of April, we're going to be handing out our first annual Easter eggs. And this was so much fun to do. We're so excited about it. And I guess we're going to pick a lucky Easter egg recipient right now. So Travis, do you want to announce this or do you want me to? So this doesn't really play into the theme of an Easter egg hunt because otherwise we would do the movie and then someone would have to guess if it's for them or not, right? Like you got to find it, but that really doesn't narrow it down to a specific person. No, we're just, we're handing you a nice basket with a giant egg in it. You know, like one of those, those giant eggs that has money in it or something. Prize egg. We're handing you a prize egg. Yeah, but it's like the prize egg that you get from your grandparents and they're really happy that you got it and it's got 75 cents in it. (laughs) No. In pennies. <laughs> no. <laughs> to the person who is up first with their egg, this is going to be gold to them, which is why I'm so excited to hand it, it out. It is. So the next movie we're going to do is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Yep. And I'm kind of excited about it. We're going to actually watch it today. Uh-huh. And I will be, it's going to be a beer episode. So He I'm and his be, mechanical leg are going to be so happy. I'm going to be well lubricated by the time we get to the end of <laughs> But it's one that I've, I think I've only seen it once. So I'm kind of looking forward to it. You didn't finish announcing it, though. Shame on you. So it's, he told you what movie it is, but he didn't tell you. He did not tell you who it's for. And that makes me very sad. Well, you you say who it's for. So the lucky recipient, which is why I didn't know why you wanted to announce it. <laughs> I wanted you to announce it. So, the lucky recipient of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation Easter egg, goes to my best friend, Allison McCarthy. She's an accomplished writer who I met a couple of years ago through Dr. Wolfila, and she's she's probably one of my best friends in the whole world right now. Like, this is like two in the morning conversations about Scream or just checking on the other person or I saw this thing and I thought of you. So I am so beyond happy to gift her this episode. Uh, Thank you for being my good friend. Thank you for being there when I need you to bitch and everything else beyond. So I love you and I hope you enjoy the episode next week. We'll try to make you proud. Oh, it's got Matthew McConaughey in it. (laughs) It'll be easy. He's like, I don't know what to say to follow that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I, I do know that she left us an amazing review. Oh my God, the best review. I mean, she used, she's a writer. Yeah. She used words I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and that that reminds me, guys, while we're at it, if you're enjoying the show and you want to do us a solid and leave us a review, we really appreciate that. Uh, we're still we're still growing, trying to build our audience, and so it really helps us if you guys want to leave a review, spread the word, share our shit, um, participate in pillow talks. We love all that stuff. So if you want to guys guys want to leave us a review, we'd really really love you. Like we might even give you a kiss on the cheek for that one. So. But no bad reviews. I don't handle criticism very well. Travis will kiss you on the I've cheek. I've got low self-esteem. And nuzzle you. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Shit. Let's do it. So, so guys, you can look forward to that next week. And mainly, Allison, you can look forward to that next week. So, on that note, we will see you next week. Bye. Take care, guys. Hey guys, quick reminder to find us on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as SpookyMom83 and Travis on Twitter as TravisL80. And find our official page on Instagram and Twitter at Dead and Married. If you have any questions or suggestions for films or otherwise, feel free to email us at deadandmarried at yahoo.com. Later.